Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Listen, if you have your Bibles uh, available to you, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read the first two verses. And we're reading tonight from the, uh, the New International Version from the NIV. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul says, And so it was with me, dear brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or with human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Here's what he did instead. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I want to read that se- that second verse one more time. I resolved to know nothing when I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Father, would you add your anointing, your illumination, your revelation, your understanding of your word tonight that we can hear it, we can receive it, we can understand it, we can know it and we can put it into practice and be changed by your power. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, listen, today is Good Friday. It is a day that's set aside during Holy Week to focus on the cross of Jesus. And we will take communion together in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want us to take a few minutes to explore the significance of the cross not just the nuts and bolts of it, not just the physical events, not even just the medical realities of Roman crucifixion. That's available in in a lot of different places. It's been portrayed in a lot of different ways, many of them really, really accurately. And you can get a really nice visual uh, of uh, of the sacrifice that Jesus made physically. But I wanna talk about tonight why it's been 2,000 years and we're still talking about it. I want to focus on why it mattered beyond that moment. I want to know why it's mattered in my life for, for, for the last 45 years as a follower of Jesus. I want to know why it's mattered to these people who have been with me on the platform tonight. And honestly, and really most importantly, I want to know and talk about why it matters to you, a person who might be watching this live stream or might be joining us on YouTube at a later time, and why it matters to you, uh, because if you're joining us just to see what this is all about, if you're just exploring this concept of Jesus, then, then tonight I want you to know about Jesus and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. As the apostle Paul began to spread the gospel, 2,000 years ago around the Mediterranean world of the first century, he eventually headed for a wealthy and influential Gentile city near Greece called Corinth. 
The city was, was called Corinth, and the people were the Corinthians that he was writing this letter to that we just read from. His plan in telling people about Jesus who had honestly very possibly never heard of him, or if they had, they had only heard rumor and legend. His plan to tell people who may have had no background in Judaism was to keep it simple. According to the scripture that we just read, his strategy was that he was going to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, I want you to think about that for just, for just a second. It's one thing if you've just come to know Jesus and that's what you're preaching. It's one thing if you've just received Christ and become his follower and that's what you're telling people about. But I want you to understand that Paul had studied for decades and was an expert in the Old Testament, in, in the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Besides that, Paul, after he was converted to Christianity, had spent years in isolation receiving the revelation and the understanding of truths that would eventually become most of our New Testament. The width and the depth of Paul's knowledge uh, and understanding of the Word of God, the character of God, the nature of God, the, and just who he was and what he was all about it was incredible. And yet he decided that the best way to communicate the gospel to the Corinthians, at least at the beginning, was to only preach Christ and him crucified. Listen, it, it got me wondering, why was that enough? Why was it enough to only preach Christ and him crucified? How could that one event explain to people who had never heard of Jesus up to this point in their lives, how could that explain Jesus to people to the point that they would be willing to abandon their gods and surrender their lives to him? Here's why. Because if you understand the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, then you understand all you need to know about who Jesus really was and who Jesus is. The crucifixion reveals three truths about Jesus, and when taken together, you'll see a beautiful picture of Jesus and understand why we're still talking about him tonight, some 2,000 years after his crucifixion. It shows, these truths will show you what he did, what he was thinking, and why he was crucified. First of all, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, what we recognize on Good Friday, reveals the mission of Christ. The crucifixion reveals the mission of Christ. The mission of Christ is what Jesus did. If you want to understand Christ by looking at him being crucified, then the first thing you have to do is look at what Jesus did when he was here on the earth. If you want to understand somebody, you look at what they do, first of all. The closer, the, when you get closer, you can see some other things, but, but when you're just being introduced to somebody, you look at what they're doing. I want you to look at what Jesus did. Look at Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. Jesus stood in his hometown synagogue. He opened up the scroll of Isaiah, and he read these, these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to do these things, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. 
If Jesus had lived in 21st century America, we would have said that this was Jesus' mission statement. This was spoken by him right at the beginning of his public ministry, and it tells us why he came and what he intended to do on this earth. He was here first and foremost to preach salvation to people who were lost. That, and, and, and guess what? That's everybody. That's everybody. We were all lost. We were all in need of a savior. He came to be that savior and preaching the gospel was his invitation to all of us to receive it. He came, he said, to declare that people were set free who had been held captive to sin. They were, they were come, he had come to set them free from the traumas and the tragedies of their lives. He came to heal people in their bodies, in their minds, in their emotions, and heal them in their spirits. Now, how did all that get accomplished? That's what he was planning to do, but how was that going to get done? By Jesus being crucified. I wanna show you in the scripture how all of the stuff that he said he was going to do and then proceeded to do was accomplished in the cross. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10. It says this, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Christ Jesus once and for all. The way we were holy is because he was sacrificed. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For God made Christ who had never sinned to be the offering for our sin. King James says he made him who knew no sin to become sin. Why? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. First Peter chapter two, verses 22 through 25. He said, he, Jesus, never sinned, nor had he ever deceived anyone. He didn't retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Look at what he did. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what's right. By his wounds in his body, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who had wandered away, but now you've turned to your shepherd the guardian of your souls. You say, John, what, what does all that scripture mean? It means that our salvation, that our healing, that our righteousness, that our freedom, that our relationship with God is a direct result of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That's why he came. That's what he did. That was his mission. And that mission was accomplished on the cross. It was so important that we understand what he did that he even stopped to point it out. He announced it from the cross with, with, one of his, with, with his dying breath. He announced this in John 19 and verse 30. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Jesus was declaring Mission accomplished. Luke 4, 18 and 19 was done. It was done. That's why Paul said, if you want to know Jesus and you want to know what he did, all you have to look at is the cross. The cross reveals the mission 
of Christ. Secondly, the cross reveals the mindset of Christ. The mindset of Christ. If you want to get to know somebody, the first thing you get to know is what they do. But as you get closer to them and your, your relationship becomes more intimate, then you begin to find out what they think. You find out their mindset. The, see, the facts of the crucifixion of Jesus are well known. It's a historical fact. Maybe the most verified historical fact in history. There's more evidence of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ than there is the existence in the presidency of George Washington. So the facts of his crucifixion are well known. Jesus came to earth and around age 30, he began a ministry that lasted for three and a half years. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he preached the gospel. He loved the lowly and the sinful and he turned the religious world on its ear. A ministry like, like Jesus' ministry gets you enemies. If it doesn't get you followers, I guarantee you it gets you enemies. And he made plenty of enemies because of his radical teaching and his life. See, the Jewish power structure worked through the Roman ruler to have Jesus whipped and beaten and humiliated and nailed to a cross where he would hang and suffer and struggle for every breath until finally he would die. It was a cruel and gruesome death to watch, much less to endure, and yet Jesus did it, not because he had to, but because he chose to. I want you to look at John 19, verses 10 and 11. This was in his trial before the Roman ruler. Pilate demanded, why don't you talk to me? Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or to crucify you? And Jesus said, not arrogantly, not smart alecky, just a matter of fact, you wouldn't have any power over me at all, except that it was given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. If the Roman ruler who had the power to authorize the crucifixion had no authority over Jesus except what had been given to him by God, then what in the world was Jesus thinking by being crucified? I'll tell you exactly what he was thinking. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. You must have the same attitude. Other versions say you must have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. This was the mindset of Christ. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Do you understand in, in this um, quarantine how hard we've struggled to give up the, the comforts of our lives? You know how much we've whined and groaned and complained about the things that we can't do that we once did. Jesus gave up his divine privileges as God, and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. The cross reveals to us the mindset of Jesus. You see, Jesus knew that the mission 
had to be accomplished and that it had to be accomplished by him. So he had this mindset of humility. He had this mindset of submission. Think about that word for a second, submission. It means he put himself below the mission. He wasn't thinking about how much it was going to hurt. He wasn't thinking about how much it was going to cost. He was thinking about the fact that if he didn't become the sacrifice for our sin, that there would not be another chance for mankind. He was the only one who could pay the price. The only one who could live a sinless life so that he could be the sacrifice for our sins. Nobody but Jesus. And so when he faced that reality, he volunteered for the job. And listen, it's not like he was an ordinary person. This is God we're talking about. It's stated flat out, though Jesus was God, he was and is the almighty, the everlasting, the creator of heaven and earth, robed in glory, all power in his hand. He spoke and things came into existence. He waved his hands and stars moved in their places. He did not have to come to this earth because when you're God, you don't have to do anything. He decided, he decided to come to this earth to pay the price and to be the sacrifice. He chose to humble himself. He chose to sacrifice himself. He chose to submit himself, the strong and pure one, to government authorities who were weak and corrupt so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free, so that, that we could be in right relationship with God again through Christ. You want to know what kind of God Jesus is? You want to know what kind of God can demand life change and obedience from us? That kind right there. That's his mindset. See, he never asks anything of us that he's not willing to do himself. As a matter of fact, he's already done it. He went from sovereign to slave because of the mindset of Christ. And because of his mindset and because of the power that he gives us, we can go from slave, slave to sin, to child of God. Why is Christ and him crucified enough? Because it reveals what he did and what he was thinking, his mission and his mindset. Now comes the most important part. It's always the most important part. As a matter of fact, it's one of our core values. Why? One of our core values here at Covenant Life is that the why is as important as the what. The cross doesn't just reveal what Jesus did. It doesn't even just reveal his mindset. The cross reveals to us the motive of Christ. The motive of Christ. I want to show you Matthew chapter 26, verses 20, uh, 53 and 54. Jesus said this. He was standing in the Garden of Gethsemane. The people had come to arrest him. Some of his disciples were up in arms. They drew swords, were trying to protect and defend him. Jesus looked at him and said, listen, don't you realize I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled? 
that describe what must happen now. See, we know the mission of Jesus, and we know the mindset of Jesus, but the more you learn about him, the more this question begs to be asked, why? What was the motive of Christ? Why would he have gone through what he went through? If, as he said, he had the authority to call legions of angels, but he didn't, what in the world would motivate somebody to do that? Well, he had already told them. On their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, where, where the breaking and the suffering of his body would begin, Jesus told them why he was doing it. John 15 and verse 13, people quote this all the time. This is the proper context. On the way to be crucified, Jesus looked at the disciples and said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. No greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. What's the motive of Jesus? It's love. It's only love. It had to be love. Love is what took him to the cross. See, you can't, God wasn't obligated to send his son. He, you can't leverage God to do something. You can't shame God or guilt God. He's never done anything wrong. We had no, we had no way to demand the sacrifice of Christ. He offered it freely, not just because he could, but because he loved. You see, love is what held him on the cross. Nails couldn't do it. Soldiers couldn't do it. Kings couldn't require it. He had already told them that. The only thing that makes the cross make sense is love. There was a Christian song in the, in the 90s from Stephen Curtis Chapman, and it's, the chorus was, I'm going to love you with my life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And at the end of the day, that's honestly the only way to love is with your whole self. No matter what the mission, no matter the mindset, the motive makes the difference. And the motive of Jesus was love. He declares that over and over again through the Word. He declared that with his life in the way he treated people. But even in the most famous verse of the New Testament, John 3.16, he tells us why he did everything he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. That's why after 2,000 years, we're still talking about it. Because the offer still stands. That's why it still matters. Because who he is and what he did on the cross is still saving souls, healing bodies, and setting people free today. I'm one of those people. And you can be too. You see, Good Friday has, has come upon the world in a, in a very different time than it was a month ago. In a matter of days, all the things that we thought we could count on in this world, all the things we paid attention to, all the things we looked forward to were gone almost instantly. The world today is looking for answers. They're looking for peace, and you might be as well.
The Apostle Paul, whose writings we've been reading all evening tonight, uh, had come face to face with those same realities in his life for a different reason. It wasn't a global pandemic, but he came face to face with Jesus. He looked on, on the one hand at all of his accomplishments. He looked at all of his religious resume. He looked at his standing in the community. He looked at his status politically. It was what he had trained for his whole life. It's what he had worked for. It's what he had tried to earn with his life. And he looked at all of that weighed in one balance. And on the other, in the other side, he had come face to face with Jesus Christ. And as he weighed the options, doing what he really thought he was destined to do and following Jesus, as he weighed those options, it became crystal clear almost instantly. He had to choose Jesus. And he wrote about those things in the book of Philippians. As we look, as we look back at our old lives in the world that was a month ago, and the things that we used to think were so important. I pray that we come to the same conclusion that Paul came to as he wrote about it in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. I want you to think about this in the context that we're living today. Paul said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Have you noticed that there, might, there are people in your life who are just not sweating it? They just, they don't mind what's going on. They seem to be walking through with a peace that you don't understand. Have you noticed that? It's because that for, for a believer in Christ, we already realize that everything else by comparison is worthless. We consider everything else worthless. Let me finish this, the, this sentence and you'll find out why because of what Christ has done. Look at verse eight. Paul says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became righteous or I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us righteous, making us right with himself, depended on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Why is Christ and him crucified enough? Because it shows you the mission of Christ, the mindset of Christ, and most of all, the motive of Christ. And his motive was you. And I can tell you after decades of walking with him, that when you learn who he is, when you don't just see what he did or what he was thinking, when you learn about his motive, when you learn who he is, then not only do you recognize that his motive was you, but your motive becomes him. And so I wanna invite you today, would you like to meet him? 
Would you like to experience this peace that you've seen in others? Would you like to have a relationship with God? Would you like to have your sins forgiven? Washed away by the blood that we sang about tonight, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Not literally, but spiritually, your, your sins get washed away. Now, Jesus shed his blood literally, but it had for us an eternal spiritual value. So I want to invite you tonight, wherever you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer, then I hope that this message has reminded you the value and the power of the cross and remind us not to stray too far from the message of the cross because that's where everything we have spiritually came from. But if you don't know Jesus tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. There's no magic prayer. It's, it's not magic words. It's your heart. It's your heart opening up to receive the heart of the Savior for you. It's you confessing that you're a sinner. And listen, when, you, when we're being honest with each other, if we can strip away all the pride and all the, all the facade and all the masks that we put on, we both know that we're both sinners. Born that way. The difference is when you recognize it and you bring that fact to Jesus, you surrender your life to him and you tell him that you want him to pay for your sins, he will. And you surrender yourself to him, to his word, to his will, to his ways. You receive the forgiveness of Jesus. You've received the love of Jesus. And you give over the reins of your life to him. We're going to pray. And I want you to pray with me. I can't pray on your behalf, but I can pray for you as you pray to the Father yourself. Lord, Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that I can receive your love, so that I can have right relationship with you. Thank you that Jesus died once for all to pay for my sins to set me free from the chains, from the addictions that bound me. Thank you that you died on the cross so that I could be delivered from the hurts. I can be delivered from the trials and the traumas that I've experienced in my life. Thank you that I can walk with your peace in my mind and in my spirit. Thank you for all of the wonderful benefits. But God, I thank you that that you came to me and I confessed to you that I was a sinner and that I could not save myself. I couldn't do enough good things to warrant having a relationship with you. You're too holy and I was too sinful. But because of what Jesus did and because I'm surrendering myself to him, because I'm receiving his sacrifice of his blood on the cross, then you have washed away my sin you have made me righteous. You've made me pure and holy in your sight because of Jesus. And God, I can never say thank you enough. Living for you, serving you, loving you, worshiping you is nowhere near enough to say thank you for rescuing me from hell, forgiving my sins, and giving me a relationship with you. God, I pray for every person who's who's watching this wherever they are whenever they're watching it 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just go and convict sin in people's lives. Lord, help them to know that it's time for them to surrender to you. And I pray, God, that right now, they wouldn't put it off any longer, that right now they would give their lives to you. Sincerely, honestly, humbly, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, if you did that, I'd like to send you some information. I'd like to communicate with you. If you would contact the church, let us know some way to get in touch with you. I want to send you some material that will help you to start out on your walk with Jesus the right way to get solid in his word, in his will, so that you can begin to cultivate a new relationship with Jesus. All right? So if you would get in touch with us, our website is covenantlifewestga.org. There's a way for you to contact us there. Please get in touch with us so that we can begin a relationship with you as you begin a relationship with Jesus. Listen, it is, uh, this is maybe my favorite, my favorite time of the year, my favorite day, my favorite thing to do, and that is to, uh, to have communion with you. Now, it's different. It's different because we're not here together. There is nothing I love more than being able to serve you personally, to stand in the front of this church and hold the elements, to hold the broken body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus symbolically and serve you communion. We clearly can't do that tonight. But I want you to to get the elements and to put them in front of you. If you uh, are, are watching with other people, then, then I would invite you to, to serve each other, to get the elements. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend just a few minutes in reflection, in repentance, in prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll enjoy communion together. Okay, I'm going to step out of the shot and get my elements. We'll come back um, and, and have communion together in just a moment. Corey, can you sing something for us?
invite you tonight to search our hearts through your spirit. Try us and know our ways, God. I pray that you would reveal to us anything that you find in us that offends you. Father, I pray that you would show us so that we can repent of our sin, that we can commit ourselves to removing it from our lives because repentance is not just about saying I'm sorry it's about committing to you that we'll never do that again Father we confess our sin to you we ask that you would forgive us we ask that you would cleanse us make us whole righteous unspotted before your throne and in your sight as we partake now of communion. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. Paul said this, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So listen, we don't have any special bread. I don't, want, I, I don't want you to think that there's anything special about the elements. Like many of you, we have saltine crackers here. We're going to break it like Jesus broke it. We're going to give thanks. Father, I thank you for your broken body, for the broken body of Jesus Christ. Yes. I thank you that you took stripes on your back. I thank you for every slap in the face. I thank you for the crown of thorns. I thank you for everything that your body endured on the cross so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a right relationship with you. God, tonight we remember the body of Christ as we partake of this bread. Would you partake of the bread together? continues it says in the same way he took the cup after supper and he said this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this to remember me as often as you drink it for every time you eat the bread and drink this cup 
you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. You take the juice, which represents the shed blood of Jesus. God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you for what you went through for us so that your blood could wash away our sin. We remember your sacrifice tonight. Would you take the juice? the sacrifice of your son on this Good Friday. We have honored his sacrifice through your word, through our worship, through our serving each other and partaking of the elements. Now, God, we eagerly anticipate Sunday the day that we truly can celebrate. Because God, as dark as it was on this earth, on Friday, we recognize that it was always about Sunday, that Sunday was always on the way. And God, we look forward to gathering together, however it happens all over this world, to celebrate you and your resurrection. We thank you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Before we leave each other tonight, let's sing this song together. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. your name.
Sunday. We're having a community drive-in Easter resurrection celebration. We're going to be at Bremen High School campus at 11 o'clock. You will come. If you want to come and join us, you can. You'll stay in your vehicles. You'll listen on the radio. There's no sound system for you to roll your windows down. And according to the to the health codes right now, that's, that's not what they want you to do. So you'll come in, leave your windows up. You'll listen to us on the radio. So if you'd like to join us, there are some people who just want to get around human beings, even if you look through the glass at each other as we stand together or sit together in our vehicles and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So if you want to come out, please do the campus of Bremen High School. If you don't want to come out, perfectly fine. You can join us by listening on the radio, AM 1440, that's WGMI 1440 on your AM radio dial. Uh, The service will be broadcast live. Now, if you're not in the listening area, uh, then you can listen online. If you'll go to WGMI's website, the website is www.1440thetrain.com. So that's 1440thetrain.com. Dot com. Then there's a, you can download, you get the information to download the app so you can listen online. So wherever you are in the world, you can join us Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. This is a community service. I am not in charge of the service. Uh, our worship team will be, will be helping to provide uh, the congregational singing, some worship music, some times of hymns. And Pastor Herman Parker from First Baptist Church Bremen will be bringing the message. If you've never heard Pastor Herman Parker preach, please do yourself a favor and listen Sunday morning because he's a wonderful man of God and an incredible preacher. So join us Sunday uh, as we celebrate the resurrection together at 11 o'clock. Again, thanks for joining us. God bless. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.